And Father, we come before you this morning. We are filled with your love and your peace. We come before you, Father. We ask that, that you would bless those that, uh, that bless you. And Father, we thank you for all the resources that you provide for us. And uh, we ask that you would teach us to be good stewards of all that you've given us, uh, whether it's building, whether it's people, talents, uh, blessings, the resources that only can come from you, Father. We, we thank you for them right now and recognize that, that you are uh, perfect in all of your ways. And so we come before you humble this morning to bring a, a teaching and to bring your word and we just ask for you to be glorified in it and for all of our lives to be touched in a way that makes us to be salt and light in this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, today we're going to uh, bring a message. I'm Pastor Arthur. I'm one of the teaching pastors on staff here at La Mirada Church of the Nazarene. And... Uh, uh, we're actually going to bring a lesson, a, a Bible lesson, right from right out of my uh, John Maxwell Leadership Bible, and uh, uh, because it's a good lesson and a lesson that's timely for us today, and it's going to bless us and uh, give us some clarity into how to move in the days ahead. I truly believe uh, the passage that we're going to look at is is uh, Matthew chapter five. Uh, verses 13 through 16, and it talks about being salt and light. Jesus told us to be salt and light. And so in, John, in Matthew chapter 15, uh, Matthew chapter 5, uh, starting at verse 13, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Hallelujah. Father, may those words ring true in our lives today. When we look at uh, being salt and light, you know, Jesus said to his followers are to be salt and light in a rotting, bland, dark world. Well, let's stay right there for just a second where Jesus said to his followers, first of all, we have to identify if we're a follower of Jesus. Our life, life in itself, has, has a dividing line. On one side is a life in Christ. It's you are his followers. You have made him your Lord and Savior. And on the other side is that he's not, that you're not a follower of him, that you are not, you haven't given your life to Jesus. And so he's writing here, he's speaking here to his followers, those who have said yes to Jesus, who have made him his, his Lord and his Savior. And so as a follower of Christ, we are to be salt and light. Those are the words that Jesus has described us to be. In a rotting, bland, dark world, that is the world that we live in right now. It's a, a rotting, bland, dark world. And yet Jesus 
tells us that we can have a place and a purpose in this world to be salt and light, to make a difference. You know, Christians are to make things better and brighter for others by bringing out the God flavors and the God colors of the world. I love that idea of our purpose as Christians, our purpose as being disciples of Jesus Christ. Give us the opportunity to bring out the God flavors and the God colors to a world that is rotting, bland, and dark. We get to be something and do something that nobody else gets to do, that you don't get to do as a non-believer. But as a believer, as a follower of Christ, we are to be the salt and the light, and we are to bring out these, these God flavors and, and these God colors to a world that will make them take notice of a God. And the question becomes, how do you shake salt and shine the light? How, how do we do that? Well, there's a few things that we have to understand. First of all, we have to understand that most people, most lost people do not have a correct picture of God. Most lost people, and let's identify who are the lost. The lost that we're going to talk about is anybody that's not a follower of Jesus Christ. If we're a follower of Jesus Christ, then we're not a lost person. If we're not a follower of Jesus Christ, if we don't know the way to the Father, if we don't know the way to the Lord, then we're lost. Just like if we are driving around and we don't know the way to where we want to go, we're lost. And, and so most lost people don't have a correct picture of God. It's not that people are necessarily anti-God. It's just that they don't have the right picture of God, and that keeps them from coming to Him. But you and I can help them understand who God is and how he loves them. In other words, as that song just saying, you know, you are a good, good father. That was painting a picture of a God that we serve. It was, it was illustrating our perception and an understanding that we have as followers of Christ, as having intimate relationships with God, that that's the painting and that's the picture that we get to paint for others. What is the picture of God that you give to others? What is the picture of God that, that others see in you as we display the God flavors and the God colors to this world? What picture do we, do we give of God to others? And we have an opportunity to do something that nobody else gets to do, is to show God how much he loves them. Uh, my daughter just put a new bumper, a new decal on her car that says, oh, how he loves us. That's, that's a description. That's a, an opportunity to let people know that there is a, a God that loves us. How? How does he love us? Completely, unconditionally. He loves us no matter what. Another thing that we have to realize is that all lost people need to be loved unconditionally. They need to be unconditionally loved. Just like we were before we came to Christ. Just like the whole world, as the Bible tells us, that God gave up His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in Him, that Jesus came and died 
for us when we were still enemies of God, when we didn't want anything to do with God, when we didn't like God, we didn't love God, we didn't know who He was, we ignored Him. And yet He extended an unconditional love that, that said, I'm going to go down and make a way for them to come back to me. Wow. That's a picture that people need to know. A lot of times, we feel as if many churches and Christians would rather correct them than connect with them. But we can love them. If our, if our efforts as the body of Christ, if our efforts to disciple people, if our efforts to go out and to build up the church and to bring in people that are lost into our fellowship and into our community, and we do it by first we want to correct them and then connect, well, maybe we have it backwards. Maybe we need to connect with people on a humanity level on a kindness level, on an unconditional level, and connect and then draw them in through friendship and draw them in through being a person that cares for somebody else and then introduce you to Jesus. Instead of saying, hey, if once you accept Jesus, then we can be friends. Why not saying, hey, let's be friends. And oh, by the way, let me share with you a little bit about my relationship that I have with this guy, Jesus. Because that will give people an opportunity to change their lives. You know, the first thing that Jesus had to do with people when he came to earth was change their ideas, to change their attitudes, to change their thinking, to change their mindset. And why would it be any different from us? The other thing is that we need to realize is that most lost people will not come to the church for help. Most lost people will not come to the church for help. I know we're in a very peculiar time right now in a very difficult season for the church where we have been forced to shut down our doors and to lock our doors and we can't gather together in groups and we can't have church like normal. But even before this happened and even after all of that takes place where we get to meet again, this is still going to hold true that the lost people will most likely not come to the church for help. So what do we do for the people that will never come to our church, whether the doors are open or not? It's not like once the governor says everybody can go to church, that all of the lost are just going to go, well, now that I can go to church, I'm going to go. The problem is still going to be the same. What's their picture of God? I've said it before, the same reason, you know, there's two reasons why people come into the church. Or that as they drive by, they, they come into church because they know they're going to find God in here. And some people don't come into church because they know they're going to find God in here. <laughs> and depending on what that picture looks like in your mind and in your heart and, and who you think that God might be, might be the reason that you either enter into these doors or you don't. But if they don't come in, do we forget about them? If they're not going to come in voluntarily, do we just only work with those that are going to enter in our doors? See, our congregation can be so much bigger just, and our ministry is so much bigger than just what comes through our doors on any given Sunday. And so as we realize that, that the church is just simply not on their radar screen of most lost people, and since we are the church... We can go where they are. 
We always say the church isn't the building. And even though we're getting ready to build a big building and a new building and it's going to be a beautiful building and, it, and it's going to make uh, the neighbors very happy because it'll be very beautiful. But that's not the people. That's not the church. That's not the work of the church. The work of the church is to be salt and light. And so since we are the church, the people of God, whether the church is shut down or not, we can go out to where they are. We can go find them. And all you have to do is just go out and ask people, hey, are you lost? <laughs> they, might not, they might look at you funny and they might say, no, I don't think I am. Well, can you tell me how to get to heaven? And then if they say, well, no, I don't know, then you're lost. <laughs> just a conversation starter. Have fun. You know, and then just tell them, just kidding, don't quit. You know, have fun. It's okay. We can have fun in ch inside church and outside of church. See, the problem that we have as Christians, a lot of us, we don't connect strategically with the lost people. Now, that doesn't mean to connect um, manipulatively. It just means to connect strategically. To make sure that my efforts, that as I connect with somebody and the, and the perception that I want someone to have of me is strategic to show the love of God and to show the grace of God and to show the, the kindness of God and to show, to make them salt and light, to, to make them thirsty for that which I might have, to always be ready to give a reason for the hope that I have and that you have because it's what people need. Before you lead people, you need to find them and, and you cannot connect with the law and we can connect with the lost every day. Just because the church has been closed down now for a month or so, the work of the church has not stopped. We can still go out. There's still people out walking around on the beaches and, and the parks and, and the grocery stores and wherever we go, we can run into people. And we can still have the same conversation that we would have with them if we knew our church doors were unlocked. And so let's go out and have those. I wanna give us five things from our lesson that can help us to, to help the lost people to not be lost. So when people ask you, what are you doing? You, you, what are you doing? You can just say, you know, I'm just going around trying to find lost people so I can help them not be lost. Might be another way to start a conversation. Number one, connect with and care for lost people. Wow, that's simple. Connect with and care. Love people. Our model for that is Jesus, the great connector. Jesus is our example. An examination of Matthew 9, 35 through 38 shows that Jesus did four things. One, he connected physically with people. He went about the villages and the towns. And number two, he, he connected visually. He saw the crowds. And number three, he connected emotionally. He was moved with compassion. Right now, there's a lot of emotions being moved, moving people. Is it the right emotions? I'm like, I'm just as, as a pastor, I'm, I'm very excited about having everybody come back. But I'm not being moved emotionally because we can't hold church this way. I'm being moved with compassion. I'm being, I wanna be moved like Jesus did and, and, and then connect spiritually with people. And he taught in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom of God. 
See, no matter how many times they close the doors or lock the doors or pro prohibit or pro uh, forbid the churches to meet, they can't stop us from spreading the gospel message. And isn't that the good news? Isn't that the reason that Jesus sent us out? And isn't that the reason that he's telling us to be salt and light? See, when you follow Jesus through the gospels, you realize how much he valued people. Is the body of Christ known for its value of people? Is our church known as an intensive care unit or is it known as a morgue? Wow. Are we out moving about in our lives so much more concerned considering others and making sure that other people's needs are being met? Or are we gonna stand and just look for myself and say, this is what I need today. This is what I want today. This is what you're gonna do for me. We have an opportunity to paint a picture of what it means to be a Christian. Jesus continuously ventured to where the lost people were so he could connect with them and care for them. That's really what we're doing is we're, we're going out into the highways and the byways and we just want to care for others. Number two is to pray for an opportunity to share your faith. Pray for an opportunity to share your faith. Praying to share your faith makes you soul conscious. If we, on our daily basis, if we, throughout our lives, if it becomes a core part of who we are, that I'm, I'm more concerned with your soul consciousness, with your soul, than maybe even your behavior. If I'm more concerned, and I'm talking about the lost, right? If I'm, if I'm more concerned with your soul consciousness and your soul so that it is well with your soul, then maybe even your life choices or maybe even the, the, the way you want to live your life that might not be in line with God's word or his best. But if in the back of my mind, if in the fullness of my heart, my engagement with you is because Jesus died on a cross for you, that shows us and gives us an opportunity to share our faith. When you pray for that opportunity, God will bring it to you. If you're sincere and you really want, and if, you, you know, if you're bored in your life right now, pray to God that he will do something and he will use you and he will move you and he will give you opportunities to go out and share your faith. And if you mean it, Fasten your seatbelt because he will take you on a ride. He will use you. See, it's not our ability that God's looking for. It's our availability. And what's our availability? <laughs> Ask God for eyes to see and courage to take advantage of the divine opportunities to shake salt and shine light. When we leave the house, when you get in the car and you put on that seatbelt, take a moment just to say, Lord, give me a divine moment right now. Use me, take me wherever it is that you want me to go. If you're looking to go to the grocery store, if you're going to go grab something to eat and some food, pray for a minute and ask God, Lord, lead me and guide me. Do you want me to go to In-N-Out or do you want me to go to Chick-fil-A or do you want me to go some other restaurant? Wherever it is that you want me to go and get the food so that you can set up and prepare a divine appointment and a divine interaction for me to be the salt and the light to somebody who needs to know you. That's being a servant and just trusting that God will do it. Number three, intentionally share God thoughts, positive 
God thoughts intentionally. My life has come down to, you know, I, I, I love my John Maxwell leadership Bible. He has become, uh, John, John Maxwell has become a mentor to me in leadership and, uh, and spiritual leadership. He has been a mentor, my spiritual papa as well. And, and wow, my life has come down to want to do two things, to be intentional and add value to others. And how can we do that? We can be intentionally to share positive God thoughts, to share the things that are lovely, that are of good report, to bring encouragement, to, to bring peace that passes all understanding, a word that just might stop somebody in their tracks, to bring prayer to somebody. Because we could just simply in this busyness and in this craziness, and especially when you're seeing moms out there right now, and especially today, when you're seeing moms and families and all these little children, and, and if you just simply go up to them and say, Man, I bet this is a hard time for you with all these little kids because being sequestered. Can I pray for you? Have some boldness to just share some positive God thoughts, to be intentional. Because if we're not intentional with it, who will be? The media is certainly not. The news is not bringing out the top 10 positive God thoughts every day. No, they keep bombarding us with statistics of how bad things are and how bad things are going to stay this way and how long it's going to stay this way. Why can't they start bringing out some good news? Why can't they start talking about all of the people that have survived this situation and all of the health and all of the support and all of the, the lives that are being changed in a positive way? Wow. We have to be intentional. Be wise, Colossians 4, 5, and 6 says, Be wise in the ways you act towards outsiders. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt. Let your conversations be wise. Every interaction that we have with somebody, every interaction, every meeting, every activity, everything that we do when we leave here today, and we go somewhere, and when we come face to face with another person, every interaction has the opportunity for us to either gain credibility or lose credibility. We either get to bring forth a, a, a positive word to let our conversation always be full of grace and seasoned with salt, or we can use, as James tells us, that life and death is in the power of the tongue. We can, we can use our words in a mean, hateful, hurtful way. Or we can use our words to bring encouragement. We can use our words to bring peace. We can use our words to bring love, the love of God. We can paint a picture of a love of God that, that even in the midst of this crazy situation, he brings to us an opportunity to be the salt and the light. That if we're followers of Jesus, remember we go back to Matthew 5.13, that if we're followers of Jesus, he's already told us to be the salt and the light. And how do we do that? Well, we let our conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt. We get to choose our words wisely. We get to choose our words with intentionality. We get to choose our words to bring the effect and the outcome that we want, which is an awareness of God to let you know that my father is a good, good father, that he loves us with unconditional love, that he has given us an opportunity to add salt to people, to make them thirsty to know more about God. Because 
at the end of the day, when we have an interaction with somebody, we have to ask ourselves, at the end of that interaction, have I disqualified myself to invite them to church? Or is it still okay? Has my, has my behavior towards them and with them and what they've seen in me, have I been able to now say, oh, hey, by the way, if you're looking for a church, I'd love to have you come and visit ours. So that at the end of our interaction, the end of our opportunity to be together, at the end of our meeting with one another, they either say, wow, if that's what a Christian is, I don't want any part of that. Or they say, wow, I never knew Christians could be so nice. <laughs> Isn't that sad? So full of joy and so full of peace and patience and so full of kindness. And if that's what a Christian is, if that's what following Jesus has done in your life, then I, I want some more of that. And that's really the test. Because if, if, if we, you know, I, I went to Home Depot the other day and I went and I bought some, I, was buying, I bought some paint and I, I put the paint up on the counter and I was getting ready to pay for it and then I wanted to go grab a couple more items and so I left it there and I went and I grabbed the two items and then this guy came up right to the counter or in line and I, I kind of walked around him and then I went up ahead of him and the, the lane next to us opened up and I, I said to the guy, I said, oh, hey, by the way, the lane next door is open. And he said, oh, well, I was here first. <laughs> See, he didn't know that I And I should have. And I should have said, oh, hey, do you mind if I go first? Because I was already there and I put some, some stuff in. And, uh, you know, that could have been a whole bad situation. You know, would I have, would I have disqualified myself from being able to um, invite him to church. So we have to be careful. We have to be intentional. Number four, add value to others so you can gain respect and develop relationships. Add value. And, and if you don't know how to add value by doing something to them, just look at somebody with value, realizing that if... if are fearfully and wonderfully made by the God, by the God who has created them in the, in His image, they have value. Whether we're a follower of Jesus Christ or we're not, we have been made in His image, and so there's value to be seen in others. And if we value others, if we can gain respect and we can develop, is all about. It's all about relationships. It's all about gaining relationships with others. And so in the morning, we can ask ourselves, how am I going to add value to others today? How am I going to go out, Lord, and, and make a difference for someone today and make their life better? And at night, we can ask ourselves, to whom did I add value today? And so we start our day with asking, Lord, show me somebody that I can do add value to. And then, Lord, show me who I added some value to as we look back at our day. And number five, the final one is create a list of lost people and bring them salt and light repeatedly. Create a list. Maybe it's making a list of all of those that you know in your life that are not followers of Jesus Christ. Make a list of those who, who you know that need to hear the good, good news of the gospel of Jesus that would benefit 
in the gospel and hearing the gospel and giving their life to Jesus. Because, you know, like we've said before, you can't give away what you don't have. But if you have hope in your heart, if you have hope in your life, if you have experienced a God who has pulled you up out of the miry clay and out of the muddy waters and out of the dark and broken and bland and rotting world and has given you new life and has caused us to be new creatures in Him and because of that there's joy unspeakable in our lives. We can share that. It doesn't mean that they're going to it doesn't mean that people are going to receive us. Jesus even said, when you go to a town and they don't, they don't receive your peace, then brush the dust off your feet and go to the next responsibility. What is my responsibility is for me to go out every day and to try to be the salt and the light. For me to, to have my conversation always full of grace and seasoned with salt. For me to paint a picture of a God who loves us so much, He sent His only begotten Son to die on a cross for us. You see, what we have to realize is that people are the object of God's heart. Not just saved people, but all people. Not just those that have accepted Jesus, but all people. Because even when I did not love God, He died on a cross for me. People are the object of God's heart, but your work of reaching them is like any other goal. It requires you to be intentional and strategic. That's what it talks about, is us being intentional and strategic. The world is filled with people who are hungry. They need salt to purify and to enhance their lives. They are blindly wandering in the dark and they need the light so that they can see who God is what he has done and what he wants to do in and through them. And this is where you can make a difference as a Christian, as a disciple, is that we can start to shake the salt and shine the light to a world today. Will you do that today? Will you be one to go out and shake salt and shine the light? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for reminding us of who we are in you and what you have called us to do and to be and, and what our purpose, what our life can be like. Father, we thank you that, that you have called us for such a time as this into such a world as this that is in so much need of you. And you've already told us, Lord, that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Uh, the, the outcome is already in your plans. All we have to do is go out and be your voice. All we have to go out and be your feet and to be your hands and to be your eyes. Let us, Lord, go out and be the salt and the light. And if there's anybody listening on this broadcast or this podcast or watching live, that doesn't know this Jesus that we've talked about today, that doesn't know this God that we've painted a picture of that is loving and kind and, and gave up everything for you. Well, you can. You can enter into a relationship with him just by asking him to make you one of his followers. 
it's not complicated. It just says, I believe in you, Jesus, that you died for me on, my, on the cross and that you rose again and that you died for my sins and I, and I want to enter into this life with you. That's all it takes. Father, I thank you for those who you have given eyes to see and ears to hear. And as we go forth today, Lord, let us bring glory and honor to you by being the salt, by shaking the salt and shining the light of your gospel message into a rotting, dark, bland world. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. God bless you. May the Lord give you peace. Amen.